morning everyone good-looking crowd uh, awesome to have you here with us today um, we need to have special prayer for uh, Jason Thayer uh, he spent the last couple of days in the hospital uh, having some uh, difficulties uh, and they think they've got it figured out but we just uh, want to lift our brother up in prayer he's uh, he came here to church him and Amy uh, before they even <laughs> was considered themselves to be Bethesdaites, is what we call each other. Uh, they was running the bakery, and we was just stopping in there on the way when we was coming, working on this building, uh, getting it ready. And one day I said, won't you guys come up and help? And sure enough, that evening they was here, and he helped us lay the tile on the floor and, and just help paint. And we we done so much work. He just worked and worked and worked until uh, the church opened, and then they came, and they came every Sunday. They're faithful, super faithful uh, to the church. They always come, and he... He claims he wants to be a pillar of the community. <laughs> That's his uh, self-acclaimed title. He wants to be a pillar of the community, and he truly is because he raises his kids and brings them to church and uh, prays for them, wants them to know Jesus. So if you would, won't you just uh, take your neighbor by the hand, and I want us to just uh, lift up uh, Brother Jason, if we could, in prayer and uh, pray that God would uh, heal his body and touch him, give the doctor's favor and all that. Father, we thank you today for Jason. Lord, we just pray over his body, Lord, that it would line up with your word. Lord, your word says that you are a healer, that you are the great physician. And God, we just trust you today. Lord, we just uh, link together by joining of hands here to, to symbolize our faith, God, that we're touching. You said in your word, if two or three touch as anything, Lord, it will be granted. And Lord, we just pray over Jason, over his body. Lord, we pray that you would give uh, Amy a peace of mind. Lord, that you would just uh, uh, be send your spirit to hover over the children, give them comfort, give them peace. Lord, over the entire Thayer family, we just speak your blessing. And God, we trust today to know that your word is the healer. And we send it today with the anointing of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. Uh, today's uh, sermon, I entitled it Platform. And if you have your Bibles, I want us to go to the New Testament in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 19 is where I want us to get our text from today. Uh, Luke chapter 19 uh, I was going to call it a short story but uh, I figured that would be not politically correct but I said it anyway so I guess we're not politically correct now but <laughs> a short story uh, in the scripture uh, Luke chapter 19 it's an awesome little story that I hope we can uh, uh, garner some things from today that would uh, encourage us as we leave this place today Luke chapter 19, if you could, we're going to begin at verse 1. You please stand as we read in reverence to God's word. Uh, his word is holy, and we should uh, regard it highly. Luke chapter 19. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Look at your neighbor and say, man, he was rich. If the Bible calls you rich, you must really be rich, right? Because the Bible don't lie. Uh, some people say they're rich and they're not rich, but apparently he was rich. Verse 3, And he sought to see who Jesus was, but, not, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. That's the short story I was talking about. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. 
But when they saw it, they all complained. <laughs> Ain't that just like that? Whatever you're full of joy, everybody else complains. Just kind of the way it goes, right? They all complained, saying, How is he going to be a guest with a man who is a sinner? Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone of false accusation, I, give, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we just ask today, Lord, that you would awaken our hearts. Lord, let our minds be attentive to what you say to us today. And God, let us receive with gladness the things that you'll speak to us today through your word. Encourage everybody in the room. Let them leave better than they came. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. You may be seated. Platform. A platform is a raised level surface on which people or things can stand. A raised level or surface on which people can stand. As we look at the picture, the platform picture I got of a, a sycamore fig tree. It's one of the trees over in Jerusalem. It's uh, over in that region of uh, northern Africa and into Israel up through the Middle East. And uh, as I look at this story and think about this story, the platform, that sometimes in our life we need to get somewhere elevated to be able to see God, that we need to uh, be attentive and be ready and be willing to search and seek for God, to, to look for God and try to, to understand Him in greater ways. And, and today in this place, I don't know, not everybody here is coming from the same place or same perspective, so I just pray that this message speaks to all of us in a way that's relevant to us today. And I think that God can. But a platform is that raised surface and it's that raised level, a place to where you get to where you can see what's going on. And I love this, that uh, as we're speaking about this today, that this message comes as Jesus was entering and passing through Jericho. So as we understand in the Old Testament that Jericho was a city that whenever uh, uh, Israel, the nation of Israel crossed out of Egypt, went over into the wilderness 40 years, and the first time they got to cross Jordan to come back into the land that was promised to them, that as they come into that land that, that God give them favor and they march around the city wall, and we know the, the story of Jericho to be one where that the walls come crumbling down, that the walls uh, imploded on theirself, and it was a fortified place that you couldn't get into, but with God, he could make un, uh, unreachable places places reachable amen that he can make places in your life that seems like there's no hope that there's no way that there's no possible way that God can make it happen he can make it happen amen the natural cannot stop God there's one amen I said the natural cannot stop God Amen, because there's things in the natural that we look at and think that's impossible. But with God, the Bible says, all things are possible. So what do we trust? What do we believe today? Is there an elevated place? And sometimes we need to get there and, 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 to, and to go higher. And there's higher ground. And there's higher ground for everybody in this room. I don't care if you've been saved for a month. I don't care if you've been saved for two days or you've been saved for 50 years. Everybody here can go to a higher place than God. Amen. We can all get closer to Him. We're never, we never reach a place of perfection where that we're sanctified totally and holy. That we, there's no possible ability for us to sin. We can always fall short of God's glory. Amen. 
But today we can get closer to God. And we need to elevate ourselves to say, God, I want to get up there where I can see you. I want to be like Zacchaeus. And he had this understanding. And it's kind of crazy because Zacchaeus was a rich guy. He was rich. Wow. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it, to be rich? Because you know why? Because whenever you're rich, you got plenty of friends. Amen. It's kind of like the guy in Garrison that won the lottery a few weeks ago. A month ago, whatever it was. I used to drive by there all the time, and that's up my Uncle Herb's old house, and see that white truck sitting there that he was driving his uh, owner's truck. He, 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 he was driving it. He living in uh, Patty's house. He didn't even have his own house. He was living there for free to take care of the yard. Didn't have anything, and he wins all this money, millions of dollars. It's basically $1,000 a day the rest of his life, but he took the cash payout, I guess, or whatever. And now I drove by there yesterday, and there was cars lined all the way down the driveway. <laughs> it's a true story, I promise you. There was cars all the way down the driveway. I was like, man, that's be a good way to get friends. You can Friends will come out, and family, too. Everybody be your family. Yeah, he's my cousin. Yeah, I, I think my last name was Jordan, like, on seven lengths back in, no, it wasn't, but, you know, we can all claim that. A rich man's easy to get friends, right? Zacchaeus was rich, and if the Bible says he was rich, then apparently he was really rich because the Bible can't lie and God can't lie. So he's rich, so I, I'm sure he had friends. Look to your neighbor and say, you need friends. <laughs> you need some friends, man. Friends are awesome. The Bible gives us a little secret and it tells us how to get friends. The best way to get friends is be friendly. The Bible says show yourself friendly and you'll receive friends. So if you need friends, if you want friends, the best way to get friends is not be rich because they truly won't be your friend. The Bible says a friend is somebody that will stick closer than a brother. Amen? Even when your family leaves, even when everybody else walks away, that a friend is somebody that sticks there right by your side and sticks with you closer than a brother. And Jesus said he would be that friend to us, that he's a friend of sinners. Amen? That he loves us, that he cherishes us, that he wants to be close and near to us, that Jesus loves us just like we are. But as Zacchaeus had this uh, host of friends, I, I would say it's maybe something like uh, uh, Slim Shady or one of them. You know, you uh, probably won't hear that in a sermon much, but anyway, uh, Slim Shady, he, he's got lots of friends. You see a big honorage, he come on the scene and just people everywhere. He'd just be surrounded, and, and it don't matter who it is, anybody famous, you can see them. They'll just surround herself by. By, by people and everybody's their friend because they're rich but listen to this verse this is real important to us I think and if you're taking notes please take notes if you're not taking notes type this into notes in your phone if you're not doing that maybe text it to somebody I don't know find a way to keep it but 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says do not be misled uh oh do not be misled there's more do not be misled you know what if the Bible tells us do not be misled. Apparently it means we can be misled. Amen? And if God tells us not to be misled, then we need to listen to what he's saying. Because somebody's going to try to mislead us on this, what he's getting ready to follow this with. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Wow. Won't you just lean over and whisper in your neighbor's ear there. Don't get too close. But say, bad company Whisper, everybody's got to whisper to somebody We like whispering, you know, you ain't supposed to whisper It ain't nice, but we're going to do it anyway, it's in church Bad company Corrupts good character Everybody loves secrets Whenever somebody tells you a secret, it's impossible to keep Amen How many has a hard time keeping secrets? 
Oh, Cubby's the only one. Oh, there you go. We got, it's like a, they're going up in auction here now. Everybody's starting to raise their hand now. Your secrets are hard to keep, right? So that's why I wanted you to tell it like a secret. Maybe you'll go share this now. If I told you to say it boldly and loudly, then you'd be like, oh, I'll say that. Nah, never. But now it's a secret to you, so maybe you'll share it. Bad company corrupts good character. So I'm sure Zacchaeus, being a rich man, had lots of friends. He had an entourage. They had this uh, swath of people always around him and, and gathered around him. But as he's, as he's going through life and discovering life, he sees that a lot of people let you down. Amen? If you're rich and everybody wants to be around you and surround yourself around you, and the one old guy that won the lottery up in West Virginia a few years ago has wound up, his granddaughter ended up passing away of uh, overdosing on drugs and all these different things, and he said on national TV, he said, I wish I would have never won. Misery loves, come on somebody, company. Amen. Misery loves company. I know that's not in the Bible, but it's a true statement because you get around people, and, and I, this is probably going to be mean, but okay. Um, more around uh, people of uh, more years than me in far as birthdays. Uh, most of the time I'll see them come in, and they'll, they'll start talking, you know, and I, I'm around them every day. They come in. That's, that's the people that ain't working, so they come in every day, and that's who I get to talk to. So. They come in, and if two or three of them gets there, next thing you know, they're talking about, man, my knees hurt so bad. Well, when did you get your knee replaced? And they'll tell you, I got mine replaced over here, and Dr. Aiken did this, and Dr. So-and-so did this, and oh, he's the best doctor. And they, they just go on and on and on and on about misery, about pain, about it's like sitting there and blanking. Man, I'm 40, my knees are already starting to ache. Just listen to you guys. because. And then this past week I took off, and I was riding on the bulldozer and, and going down the hill so many times. One day I stayed on about five hours, and I got off of it, and I started trying to go towards the house, and Leslie was gone, left me every ball by myself, a poor little pitiful bin, and I was walking down through there, and the farther I got, I didn't think I was going to make it to the house. My knees hurt so bad after looking and thinking everybody else, right? What about when it comes back home to us? Your knees ever hurt? <laughs> Amen. I remember Miss Brown, whenever I was in first grade, she would, she, her knees would crack, and I thought, wow, that's weird. Why does your knees crack like that? And she, she would let us hear it. It sounded like a uh, uh, shotgun going off. But misery loves company. Amen. And bad company corrupts good character. So as Christians, we got to be careful. Amen. we got to be careful who our company is. Now, does it tell us that we absolutely can never hang around somebody that's a sinner? No. The Bible says that Jesus was a friend of sinners. Actually, in this story right here. There's people getting on to Jesus because he's going to Zacchaeus' house. Like, he's a sinner. Jesus, you can't go to his house. Jesus like, I'm going anyway. But Jesus didn't stay in Zacchaeus' house. Amen? He went there, done what he needed to get done, and left. Sometimes you can be around bad people. I'm not telling you to give up on your friends totally and totally discard them and, and, and just act like they don't matter anymore. But I'm telling you, as a Christian, we've got to protect. Amen? The Bible says, know those that labor among you. And if you want, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Amen. Iron sharpens iron. And the Spirit, it, it, it sharpens us too. 
So as we join together, and if you have a Bible study or you come to I Belong and, and you begin to tell and share stories about what Jesus is doing in your life, and, and then the next person, it's contagious. They'll start telling, well, well, wow, Jesus is doing this with me too. And the most growth I've ever done in my spiritual life is during Bible studies where we share off of each other, and it builds encouragement, that it, it gives us courage to go on and fight battles that we wouldn't be willing to fight if we didn't have friends encouraging us and prodding us along and saying, you can get closer to Jesus. I need that in my life, and you need that in your life. But if we constantly surround ourselves with bad company, it ruins our character. And this ain't about building a reputation. It isn't about building a name for yourself. It's about doing what God wants us to do. And he tells us to encourage one another. He tells us, you know, we, we in American culture, we meet together once a week. We come together on Sundays and worship God. And I love singing songs and, and singing praises to his name and all these things. I love doing this. But the Bible tells us to meet together daily in each other's houses. That's what it says. Meet together, they met together daily in each other's houses. So as I say that, whose home in the room have you been to? Does it say just pastors go to the houses? I don't think it says that. It says they met together. Amen, that there's people. And, and we do this thing called connection groups, and we're getting ready to do that real soon, and we're going to get connection groups going and, and some different things. About six weeks that we can meet together, do different things. We've done ping pong. We've done all different sorts of different connection groups to connect people. Some of them's at church. Some of them's at people's house. Some of them's uh, at a community center. Whatever. We'll do whatever it takes to get people connected. But God is telling us to watch who we hang out with so that we can become more encouraged, so that we can grow in God. And if you want to truly have a relationship with Jesus, we've got to grow. Amen? There needs to be growth in our spiritual life that we go farther than where we're currently at. So Zacchaeus had this bad company, I'm sure. So his entourage, his, his boys, his homies, whatever you want to call them, I'm sure that they weren't the most uh, uh, affluent part of society. They probably drug him down a little bit. And as I think about that myself, the people that I hung around with, back when I was in center, the center state, uh, what I call it this morning? Uh, center, what was it? Huh? Sainthood. Oh, yeah, that's it. You know, everybody calls stuff sainthood. I called it centerhood. <laughs> it's like, it's like not, you know, it's the opposite of sainthood. You got sainthood and you got centerhood. I, I was a sinnerhood. I was in when I was in sinnerhood. I was this person that wasn't. I was kind of rude and crude, and I, I didn't care about who I hurt or anything else. I was it inflicted pain on others, and it didn't really bother me because I'd come so calloused in my life that it didn't. I didn't worry about other people any. But as long as I had a paycheck, I had a lot of friends. Amen. I'd go work all week, work a shutdown or something, and come off that shutdown and have my pocket full of money and, and my checkbook and, you know, get these pay, big paychecks. And I'd go in and, and run the bars and, and go in all over town and doing this different stuff. And I'd pay for rounds. You know, I'd, whenever I'd have a big check, a shutdown check, and had way too much money, it, don't save it. You know, don't do anything wise with it. Don't listen to Dad. Don't listen to Papa or anybody else. Do what I want to do, right? So I'd go in and buy a round for everybody in the house. Yeah, everybody, woo, Ben, he's my friend. Till the money's gone. And it's like, hey, where's everybody at? <laughs> Who's buying mine? Oh, sorry, man. I'm, a, I'm up against it this week. I can't buy anything back. I know you bought last week, but, right? But that bad company corrupted the good character that my mom tried to instill in me. 
My mom took me to church. I knew better than that. Amen? It was a bad deal, me walking in my mom and dad's house, staying under their roof, coming in drunk and tripping up the steps, barely getting in my bed, throwing up in the middle of the night. But my mom always told me, choose your friends wisely. Why would she say that? Why would she say, I need to choose my friends wisely? Because, what's, what's our verse today? What's our little secret we're going to tell? Bad company corrupts good character. We need to watch who we hang around. Amen? Is this truth? I think it's truth. I like the Bible's truth. I think it's full of truth. So he's trying to instill in us today that we've got to watch. So this platform thing about going higher with God, you aren't going to go lower with your friends and get higher towards God. Amen? You can't take steps down and expect to go up towards God. The only way to go up towards God is become more holy. Put off these fleshly things that Paul talks about. He tells us put off anger, put off wrath, put off all these dissension, put off all these things and if we put these things off then we will come closer to God. It's not about us becoming holy or making ourselves holy but the steps we take towards God the more he cleans us up. Amen? We don't clean ourselves up, he cleans us up from the inside out. So Zacchaeus understood this and I'm sure as he had all these, these homies running around with him and all this stuff, there must have been a void there for him to be standing there in the crowd that day probably the richest guy in town, had all the friends and probably done all the wild things and done all these parties at a big old house and I'm sure it was a big house amen a big place if he's rich I'm sure he was touting it showing off but he's standing there thinking there's something empty on the inside even though I've got all this stuff something's yet unfulfilled there's something inside of me that's empty so Zacchaeus had all the external things but internally he was empty that's just like us. Stuff won't make us happy. Amen? I love my house. I love my property. I love my truck. I love all the things that I've got in this life. I love those things. But I, they, don't, they pale in comparison to my love for God. Amen? I don't want to let a house come before God. I don't want to let a truck come before God. I don't want to let anything come before God because you know why the Bible says if you allow a thing to become before God you make it an idol and that's one of the Ten Commandments don't have any idols before me he tells us not to have any idols and that could be anything we got to be careful folks of who we hang around with because it corrupts the good character that God wants us to have but Zacchaeus empty got lots of stuff but empty and he hears a crowd coming. There's a noise. There's a sound. And I just wonder, during praise and worship, when you're standing here, when we're standing here and looking at the words on the screen, and I know we're singing words, but there's a point where that you can feel that there's a sound that's different than just the sound of the music. It's the sound of the armies of heaven invading our room. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. And when you, we can sense God there. I was standing back there a minute ago and I was, I was singing and I opened my eyes. I try to not open my eyes while I'm singing. And I, you, sorry, Brother Craig, I was singing behind you there a moment ago, probably throwing you off key and everything else. But I just try to, you know, close my eyes so I ain't paying attention to nothing. And, and I was singing and, and, and letting it go. Uh, 
that's what we ought to do. Amen. It don't matter if you can sing or not sing. Just let it go and let God do something in your life. And I looked up and, and I seen Sandy with her hands lifted and singing. And I remember a version just within a few months ago of a Sandy going down a creek that you just tell that there was pain on the inside of her, that she was broken and she knew she was empty, that she needed something more. But she had this friend called Leslie. Heaven sakes, Leslie. <laughs> what a difference. What a difference just a few months makes when you're sitting there singing. There's hope inside me. Christ be all around me. There's hope inside me. And knowing it's a real thing. Zacchaeus never experienced that until this moment. He heard a sound. Something different. Jesus is coming through. But the decision I have to make is what am I going to do about it? Am I going to stay here empty after he leaves town? Or am I going to get so filled up that my life is going to be shattered? Because the glory of God has impacted this heart and changed this life. Zacchaeus had a decision to make, and he decided because he was short and couldn't get there, couldn't see, had a crew of homies with him. He's run ahead. It says he made haste. He ran ahead. He ran and jumped and climbed up this tree, and I'm sure this tree had been there for some of these trees they, that you can look up and study. They, they like, some of them live 2,000 years or more. There's some trees over there in Israel that's been there for more than 2,000 years, and they say that actually the trees that was there that Jesus walked by are still living. It's amazing. These fig trees, just the ones that he cried under in the Garden of Gethsemane, that Jesus wept over the nations of the earth. That the weight of sin was coming upon him and his, his sweat become great drops of blood. Jesus was there. And you've, you've watched the Passion. You know the story. Jesus walking by and Zacchaeus runs ahead and gets up in this tree and he thinks, man, if I can get up in this tree, I'll get high enough that, that I'm going to be able to see Jesus. And if, if I can see Jesus, then, then my life's going to change and, and everything's going to be okay. And he, he begins to look and ponder out through there and look. And sometimes we, we don't understand in our life that sometimes there's people that we can call upon and they could be our platform, amen? They could be our elevated space. So as you're looking today, don't think about running outside and getting in a tree to see Jesus. Think about some platforms in your life that God can give you, some places that you can run to. Where's your safe place? The Bible says, look into the hills from which comes your help. And what if we just run up on a hill and say, I remember mom telling me when I first got saved, she said, just go up on that hill, Ben, and go up there and pray and go up there and cry and, and go up there and declare things over your life. And I remember doing that, going up on a hillside because my mom told me to do that. And I would go up there and pray and cry and seek God. The Bible says, seek him while he may be found. Zacchaeus had to get a platform. He had to get elevated to be able to see it. And he wanted to see Jesus. How bad in this place today did you come in thinking, man, I really want to see Jesus. I know he's real. I know there's a real Jesus out there and he wants to touch my life. And I come in this place today to seek Jesus. I want to find him. I want to see him. I want to know him. As Jesus is walking by and Jesus is going through and Zacchaeus is up in that tree, the Bible says as Jesus is walking through, he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus. 
It's a whole different thing of you seeing Jesus and Jesus seeing you. See, you may be coming to this place today thinking about how you're going to clean up your life, how you're going to give up this. And I gave up alcohol. I gave up all those things. I did that a year before I got saved because I knew it was wrong. I went out with my uncle and traveling around and driving drunk, and I got home in the middle of the night one night, and me and him was arguing and fighting and been drinking and running all the way from Grayson to Huntington to Ironton back down through Portsmouth and all the way back to Grayson, drunker than a dog. When we got back over to his house in Grayson, I looked over and I seen a 55-year-old version of myself, and I said, I am not going to become that. The Bible says that the factual fervent prayers that the saints avail much. I think there was a mama in a house somewhere praying for me and saying, Ben's hanging around the wrong folks, doing the wrong things, and God do something about it tonight. And God touched me in that place, in that moment, and I quit drinking. This is a year before I come to an altar and prayed. It was gone in an instant. I haven't drank a drop since. I, don't, I can still taste beer on my lips, and I, I know what the taste would taste like, and sometimes there's a yearning comes, but I fight it off and say, no, by the power of God. It's broken. It's done. That version of Ben is gone. There's too much of God to be worried about that kind of junk. Cast off. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but Jesus wanted to see Zacchaeus. What if you come in this place today thinking, man, I really want to see Jesus? And the whole time Jesus has set it all up just like he did. 2,000 years prior, there was a bird probably flew over Jericho and dropped a fig and it landed on the ground and all of a sudden this tree began to sprout up and this 2,000 year old tree that Zacchaeus is climbing in had been set up by God for years and decades and centuries. What about today? What if God set up a place for you to come in and to meet him today in this very moment? You just come in here thinking I'm just going to climb in my seat today and do what I normally do and I, I hope to just get a glimpse of Jesus walking through but today you had no understanding when you come in this place that Jesus Jesus wasn't just going to walk by so you could see him. He was going to come through here today and look right in your eyes, deep in your soul, and say, I have come today to go to your house with you. I want to go back home with you, Zacchaeus. That's a different thing, man, I'm telling you. When God come back home with me that night, my ride back from racing, whenever I went up there and said, God, I'm broken, I'm empty, I need something else. It was the best ride of my life when I drove back from Raceland, Kentucky that night. And I couldn't wait to get home to call my mom on the phone and say, Mama, guess what? She's like, what? I said, I got saved. Then I couldn't wait to get off the phone with her so I could call Aunt Mary. Because Aunt Mary loves me too and she's a Christian. And I couldn't wait to get off the phone, Albie, with Aunt Mary and say, call Aunt Mary, 9788. Hey, Aunt Mary, guess what? What, man, what? You never call me. What is it? I got saved. Well, hallelujah. She started hollering and screaming. Jesus came home with me. I didn't just go to church to see him. He came home with me. And Brandon, it rattled my life. God shook me to my core. And that's what we need in this place today. It's not just a place to come and see Jesus. It's for a place where Jesus sees us and he goes home with us and he changes our lives. Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house and his whole world changes.
How about it today, folks? Let's see if you'll come. Anybody in this place desiring to have Jesus to go home with you today? Acts chapter 17, verse 27 said, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far away from any of us. We may not see Jesus with our physical eyes today, but I think spiritually in this place, a lot of hearts are awakened right now, and you know he's near to you. You can sense that God, the transforming power of God is present in this place to transform your life in a way that you've been seeking for a long, long time. Is there anybody here that just say, I'm empty. I'm empty, Pastor. And I, need, I need something else. I need something else from God. I need Him to shake me. Amen. I need Him to shake me. I want Him going home with me. I don't just want to come to church and feel this here. I want to feel this all week long. I want it to be in my total life. Every aspect, whether work, whether play, whether going out with friends, whatever we're doing, that Jesus is there with us. Won't you stand? The scripture teaches that if we will open our hearts, that Jesus would come in and sup with us, that he would take up residence inside of our heart, that he would take up abode, scripture says that he would take up a boat in our hearts. And what's a boat mean? I looked that up one time, and what it means is basically it's, you can buy a house, you can do all that, but you can't ever get mail unless you go out front and set a post, put the mailbox on there, write your name and address on the side of it, then you can get mail. That's your abode. Where's your, where's your post office? Where's your box at? Your mailbox. And in this place today, Scripture is telling us that Jesus wants to come, take up residence inside of your heart, and he wants to put a mailbox outside to say, here, here's where you can find me. That's life-altering. He says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'll go with you even to the end of the age. Won't you bow your head and close your eyes if you will. I want you to pray this very simple prayer. Everybody in this room, those that come from the same perspective, the same message will, if you could take a poll after this sermon today, whenever you go home and maybe do a poll tomorrow to ask what God said to us and spoke to us today in this room, there'd be 20 different answers about the part that spoke to us. I just know that the transforming power of God is here today to transform lives. That he wants to radically do that. There's some people in this room that's thinking, man, pastor, I really got to choose my friends better. I'm hanging out with the wrong crowd. I'm doing the wrong things. And Jesus has spoke to me in this place today and I need to change that. And a place for me to be on a platform is to get away from that trouble get away from that pain get away from that sorrow I want you to just pray this very simple prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart today about what he wants you to do in this place
So if you would just whisper that prayer, just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Tell me what to do. I'm just going to give you just a few seconds here. And I just want you to listen. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about anybody else around you. Worry about what's going on in your life right now. And let the Holy Spirit minister to you right now. For this, these few short seconds, as, as Leslie sings this chorus, just think about and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak. Everybody here, just bow your head and close your eyes. Nobody looking around. Is there anybody here? Just lift your hand and say, Pastor Ben, the Holy Spirit's spoken to me, and I've, he's telling me to change some things in my life. Is there anybody here to lift your hand and say, that's me. He's, he's speaking to me today. Amen. Thank you for all those hands. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again expecting a different result I'm telling you today if you want to go to a higher place in God you got to get a platform you got to say I'm stepping it up I'm going to another place I'm tired of the status quo if you're ready to see your life transformed and even your whole community as these missionaries come in I'm telling you it's a it's a it's a time, it's a season at Bethesda where these, these missionaries are going to speak and it's going to awaken things on the inside of you. Now, we've had people to go on missions, trips from Bethesda and it, it changes lives. And someday there's going to be a missionary called from Bethesda. There's going to be somebody that's going to leave this place to go be a missionary on foreign fields to take the gospel to an unreached people group that's never been talked to about Jesus before. You may think that's impossible because we grow up with cell phones and everything else, but I feel like this year is a year where we need to seek God more than we've ever sought Him before. Say, God, what's my purpose? Why am I here? There's something greater. There's something more. anybody else just raise your hand and say I want to take a step up I want to take a step up I'm, I'm, I'm going to change some things I'm, I'm getting ready to see a shift I want to move I want to move I want to, I want to step on up I'm ready to step out I don't want to see the same amen amen hands all over this room I want us all to pray together if we could just everybody in this room whether you prayed the sinner's prayer a million times or one time let's all do it together everybody say Heavenly Father I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you 
forgive me of my sins, of my faults, of my failures. Give me the strength to step up, to change by your power, by your mercy, by your grace. Give me a destiny that you have arranged for me, that you knew before the foundation of the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.